welcome to this episode of The Authentic Advisor, which discusses and debates the hot topics impacting business advisors globally. My name is James Mason. I'm joined to talk about strategic planning and the shifts in the delivery of this service with clients by Mike Burke from BCAG in Melbourne, Australia. Great to have you with us, Mike. Yeah, good to be here, James. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to have you online. And uh, I guess before we get into a lot of the detail around this, it's always good to, you know, before we get into discussing strategic planning and the like, to hear a bit of your background and what's led you to running a successful advisory business that you run today. Yeah, well, it's always good to tell the journey because it surprises a few people. So my space, as you know, is is strategy and you know, execution of strategy through coaching leaders. But I actually started in finance, so my background is a chartered accountant. So keep that between yourselves and the listeners. Oh, we don't I won't tell anybody, anyone. And I actually specialised in corporate tax. That's how I started. So um, working. Um, in what we call the big four now, it was the big eight in those days. And um, then gradually getting to mid-size firms, I ended up as a managing partner in a mid-size firm in Melbourne. Uh, currently, you know, I've got my boutique consultancy, so it's very much niche focused on uh, strategy. And the journey, I think I owe that credit to that journey, was um, Mindshop training. So in the mid-90s, the Institute of Chartered Accountants, which I'm a member, uh, had an alliance with Mindshop on training. And I sat there in, in the early days and there was a continuous improvement in marketing and sales. And there was this one on strategy and planning and that was the epiphany for me. I thought, this is good. This is what I want to do. And uh, build a build a business around that. So, um, but you know, current uh, challenges to keep up to date through the mind shop training and the network. You know, reading podcasts and you know, keeping up to date. I went to Berkeley a couple of years ago and just out of Silicon Valley and see what they're up to. So, I think you know that's a challenge for everyone is to keep up to date whatever their niche is. Yeah, especially in the current market with so many chops and changes, COVID impacted. Uh, starting twenty twenty one, there's more curveballs each week. Uh, and that I find has brought a lot of shifts in the approach. From what I'm seeing, a lot of the foundations around strategic planning are very similar, but um, there's some obvious shifts in how people are approaching it from an advisor perspective and what clients are wanting. So what are some of those shifts that you're seeing at the moment? Yeah, no, good question. So I'm finding um, pushing clients more to uh, what they call incubate their thinking, you know, in the old days, uh, and we might talk about this today, but you know, the, it was very much do your strategic vision and plan and then you walk away and go and, and implement it. But uh, I, I'm finding boards that I work with, you really they really need to sow the seed, get them thinking about it and maybe come back and revisit it and going, does that feel right? Um, we're not trying to get it right the very first time. No, and you find a lot of people are so time poor, they're, they're rushing through a lot of meetings yeah. and they're not coming up with some of their best thinking on no. the spur of the moment anymore, I'm finding. Yeah, it's like it's like it's time driven. Like oh, you know, do the strategy. You know, it's lunchtime, so we're, that's it. We, we've got to agree on it. And I think people need to sleep on it and think about it, but not too long, uh, not procrastinating, but really incubate, as I'm calling it, and um, come back and revisit. I'm finding uh, so I'm introducing and the shift in agile. Uh, you're hearing agile pivot and persevere a lot globally, but uh, it does apply to strategy as well, particularly execution of strategy. Um, you know, thinking about the minimum viable product and and going, you know, perhaps going down a tactic or a, or or a plan and you know, pivot or persevere. Don't throw three years at something if it's not going to work. And and I'm using Scrum teams with clients, so they were all aimed to technology. I'm not a tech expert, but I learnt that 
from uh, Jeff Sutherland from the um, who, who who wrote the book on how do you apply uh, agile tactics to strategy. So, you know, really good thinking and uh, fast tracking people in, in implementing strategy. I think the other shift is creativity. So, again, not everyone can think of a vision just at that right time. You've got to be creative and introduce creative thinking into sessions and, you know, challenging people's paradigms. So even, you know, the humble SWOT analysis, you know, I say to people, well, you've got a weakness there. Maybe your weakness is an opportunity. Have you thought of that? And they go, well, what do you mean? And you go, well, Tesla had a weakness that they were manufacturing an electric car, but they had no dealership network. Well, let's turn that into an opportunity. What if the law said we did we can't sell through dealers, uh, which had been the you know, historic model in the motor vehicle industry? Let's use um, online, which is what they did. And you tend to find that with clients in those you know the days of just whatever gets put up. Well, that's that's the goal, that's the vision. But yeah. I know you embrace a lot of contrarian thinking and the way you come at things to really challenge them a lot. And, and I'm finding clients are loving it because they they want to be going to that extra level of depth around their thinking on some of these topics. Yeah, that's it. Um, and a couple more, I think, which is always, I don't know if it's a, it's a, a big, big shift, but, you know, mine shops always, we've always been taught and pretty good at aligning and, own, and getting a team to own plans um, rather than the consultant coming in and, and cutting and pasting. So, you know, just seeing more and more of, of that. Um, so that's important. And, and I think the last point in shifting is not getting caught up in that the plan is everything and, and that's it. You know, the world's changing too rapidly now. Every, every every quarter the world's shifting. You see, we're seeing it now in the disruption that's going on, you know, just not just in COVID but in, in, in the whole industry. So you can't afford to wait a year. So, but every three months it's, it's using that plan as a guide rather than the, the setting concrete tool for 12 months. What, what do they say, um, you know, uh, planning is everything. A plan is nothing, and and I think I'm using more of that just just as a guide. And let's let's revisit on a quarterly basis. Yeah, no, there's some good good insights. And building on that, you, you tend to see again those the days of people just doing the business plan. It used to be the analogy they'd sit on the shelf and gather dust is is well and truly gone. As you're saying, they're staying quite agile. But is there other things you're observing about business that are implementing a strategy successfully compared to a lot of those that that don't at the moment? Maybe one or two points on that. Yeah, I saw last year, you know, in some ways has been really good globally, I think, you know, with COVID to to just see who stands out. And you can just see the the businesses that, um, you know, are really strong to me are the ones that have always looked at risk, have always done a strategy and looked at their SWOT analysis annually. So I was just at a meeting this morning and, you know, we, we've got a risk session coming up with the board and they said, well, we laugh. We didn't we didn't pick up pandemic uh, at the same time last year. It was February 2020. You know, that wasn't wow. – that didn't come up in the risk session. Um, but it's sort of – this same company has been very solid. Why? Because they've just covered every other risk over the years and they've been always forward-thinking in that sort of area. So – whether it's a pandemic or, a, you know, the global airline industry collapses or something goes wrong, they're just things that happen and you've got to be, you know, robust balance sheet, good strategic thinker, uh, good executive team, good thinkers that can move quickly. That, that's the real you know, sort of guts of the businesses that succeed, I think. And, you know, it, it'll be the pandemic this year, it'll be something else in three years' time. You know, there'll always be things, the black swan events that are thrown at us, mm. uh, but it's the resilience that, that you've got to build, I think. Um, I think the good businesses have a regular planning calendar and strategy, uh, not, not uh, gee, we haven't had a strategy session for years, we better get someone in and have one, you know. No, you've got to have a regular cycle and a robust... Rhythm, rhythm to the whole thing. 
good rhythm that everyone goes, ah, oh, it's in Australia. We, we have a, a financial year ending in June. Um, you know, February, March is usually strategy time for the next year just to, to you know, reset and see where we are. Um, I think the strong ones, businesses execute well. You know, you get the, you, you can have all the planning days you like, but if you're not good at executing, you know, you've, you've got a problem. And I think, you know, you said it before, James, the strong ones have that ability to sit around a table and challenge each other and be contrarian and not mm. get upset and not go, well, I'm not doing that again because yeah. Director A didn't agree with me or something like yeah, that. They've got a passion project that they that's untouchable. They're, they're much yeah. more open to saying, well, hey, everything's on the table. Let's have a discussion about it rather than a, it's not, a, a, you know, a, a battle. It's more just a constructive conversation to get to the right outcome. Yeah, and I always think it's funny. People go, oh, but I know Company X and they don't challenge and they just sit there and do everything. And I think I think there's probably about 5% of companies that just fluke it, you know, they just, just just do well. But I'm talking about the 95, 90, 95% of other companies who we've got to work hard, good strategy, regular cycle, open culture. I'm talking about those businesses, not the ones that just happen to fluke it and they don't. the directors don't talk to each other, but they do well despite themselves, you know. Yeah, no, some good, good points there. And... I know a lot of people think a strategic planning day, you just, just turn up and, and deliver it. And But the good ones that, that I see, and I know you fall into this um, category, uh, you know, do a lot of pre-work leading up to that. So, um, you know, how important is that from what you've found in, in doing a lot of the components that come with that uh, leading into a strategic planning day to get a really good outcome? Yeah, it, uh, you know the sessions that go well, you've put the hard yards in beforehand. And I know, and I've done them, where they haven't gone as well, and I haven't. And it's just as, as simple as that, that you, you know, the more work I put in before a session, I can almost sit back on the planning day and let it roll out. The work's mm. already done. Um, it's important to have chats with the key people beforehand, you know, and 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 talk just, just off the phone before with a very, you know, very large Australian company and... Um, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, having a chat to each of the, the, the directors before we, we let loose on the executive you know, leadership team just on the strategy. You've got to do your groundwork. You've got to find out what's important to different people. And, and if you don't agree as an outside advisor, you've got to challenge them and say, well, look, I don't agree with you, but you have all those battles before the day. Mm. And I fall into this trap um, where you, you don't do that and you get caught out on the day and you well, go... And, and you miss some of the political issues that might be lurking in there that could distract you on the day and and you know I think people good on their feet can sometimes cope with that but a lot of other people if they haven't done that uh, you know not just the mechanical preparation but some of those politics type discussions is uh, get, get caught out pretty easily yeah you know this emotional i suppose the eq the emotional intelligence um you know you got to have a bit of that because you got to know what's going on you got to read the body language and that sort of stuff okay. um i think what's also useful is the a really good situation analysis um you know we always said magic wand was a good tool to to thrash out what the current issues are but just to get someone to do some homework and and warm people up on the day on you know the and that's not necessarily for the advisor to do. I think it's someone who knows the industry. So, some, you know, someone in the team or a director looks at, you know, just a page on market trends, customer analysis, competitor analysis, suppliers, just, just you know, what's disruption happening? What are the current challenges in, in the industry? It gets people's mindset into that frame of now, now, you know, where do we sit and what's our strategy? So you're sort of doing a bit of a warm-up. And, you know, if you circulate all that work beforehand, there should be emails flying around, you know, three or four days before any workshop saying, read this, look at this video, 
don't go in cold because people are almost shocked by, oh, I haven't thought of that question and they've got that five minutes of even just thinking it through of how do I answer it, that, you know, yeah. that, that question. So oh, Very good. So moving on to the day itself, are there any key methodologies that you tend to use as a foundation in each strategic plan? I know you sort of tailor it to suit the, the customer, but what, what are some of the, the, the key undertones of, of tools or methodologies you use? Yeah, well, that's right. And just as you say, the preamble, James, um, you know, I don't have the set Burke, you know, 10-step process. So you're going to follow this process otherwise. Oh, you don't? I, I thought that was your, <laughs> you, that was your secret weapon. <laughs> so I better check the website to make sure I have <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, you know, I think I sit down with every client and go, look, this is not a cookie cutter. Um, you know, maybe they're strong on their vision, but they're weak on their competitive advantage or, you know, so, you know, it just goes through the process. It's saying, well, you know, or, you know, you just got to see where they're at, what their needs are. Maybe they're starting out. They've just never done this before. Well, there's no point in doing the whole um, whole strategic planning bit where they've never done it before. There could mm-hmm. be a group that are very well well uh, oiled in, in strategy sessions. So you can change it to, to suit. So I think that's the key. I think education, I've always had a bit of an education and ownership approach to anything I do. So I always think never presume the room knows knows it all. And even, you know, people have done MBAs. And I've had a lot of those. Uh, you, you know, when you talk about even just first few slides, well, what is a vision? What is a competitive advantage? What is a business statement or purpose statement? What is a strategy versus a tactic? They, they seem so basic and yet when I go that, people go, oh, that's the first time I've actually, someone's ever spelt it out, the difference between the two. And mm-hmm. you see so many people swap and change these these comments. Not that they're definitive and, you know, if you're not one, you're the other. It's just making sure that you educate. That's the point that I think with people with these days. Um, the typical tools I'd use, and I'm going to look down here because I've sort of got a bit of a list of the, the typical tools I would use uh, overall, I don't use them all in one session, but I probably use these the most. Is, is certainly the purpose statement, the the statement of why we exist, um, the vision statement. Um, what's where do we want to be in the next three to five years or ten years out? Uh, objectives and key results, which is a concept I've learned from Silicon Valley OKRs, which is aligning strategy with virtually measurement, so KPIs. Um, without going to detail, OKRs, every job in the business could say, well, my job is uh, lines directly to the vision of the board. So um, that's what we mean by OKRs. One-page strategy map, so strategy on a page, I'm a big believer in that. Competitive advantage or our strategic positioning, so Michael Porter's work on, you know, niche versus, um, you know, high-end quality versus service response or low cost, whatever. Strategic SWATs, the... I think I would use that 100% of the time in, in my planning days. That always gets a gig. Even if it's a two-hour workshop, the SWAT is always there. Pareto, the one-page plan, Porter's Forces, and and I also throw in a lot of disruption thinking in global best practice. So, again, learning from Silicon Valley. Um, everyone uses the word disruption, but um, really challenging the that industry that you work with, going, well, what what – who are the disruptors in your industry? What are they doing? And and what does that mean for you? It doesn't mean you need to copy them, but you need to be ready for them and, and what they're up to. Okay. Oh, that's some great points. Uh, so just the last question I've got in this particular space is, you know, we've covered what happens in the, the workshop and what happens before the workshop, but uh, they don't always go to plan. So is there a, a couple of key things that you t- 
tend to find um, happen when something doesn't go well with the strategic planning days and it goes a bit off the, the rails. I know that doesn't happen in any of your situations. Well, of you course, know, but I was, you're right. I was about to say with, uh, what was it, 20 odd years of doing this, there's a few scars on the back if I turn around and show you. So, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but some of these certainly. So I think um, a little bit contrary to what I said before, if, if, the board or the owners see there's just an annual tick the box process and not a real strategic discussion. You know, I, I, I you know, that's where it, it doesn't go well because they're almost going, oh, it's you know, first Monday in Feb. Um, yep, that's our planning day. Your vision tick. Yep, yep, right. Okay, next back to work tomorrow. And it's I'm sounding a bit silly, but that's you know, it's seen as a check the box rather than a real robust discussion of what the strategy is. Seen as a refresh. Um, I think if we don't have external reality checks of what's going on, so you can be blinkered in your industry. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it could be my background's the accounting industry, and you know there's some massive changes going on in that. And you know you just go, well, I'll just pretend it's not happening. I'll just keep going in, in my area, but I'm not seeing what's happening out in the real world in terms of change and disruption. You know, I had dinner with a, a, a motor dealer who I remember a number of years ago, they own stacks of dealerships around Australia and he, he didn't want to talk about uh, online selling. You know, it just mm. it was almost, no, it won't happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you go, mate, you're going to lose your business, you know. So, um, so yeah, all that. Uh, lack of ownership. I've seen a, uh, I remember once I did a session and uh, probably my fault, got a little bit blindsided by a very powerful CEO and, and it became a, a um, strategy session by his PowerPoint presentation. Mm, and mm. Uh, just sat there and accepted it and, you know, or, or appeared to accept it. And mm -hmm. I think so strategy by PowerPoint, strategy by time frame. I think I've alluded to this before. If we used to do a two-day strategy planning weekend and we'd say, right, 11, 11 o'clock after morning tea till 12.30, that's the vision session, so you better be creative. Um, <laughs> and once 12.30 arrives, lunch is on, so we're out, you know. Yeah. So. And, and because you used a, a dozen coloured pens and uh, some sticky <laughs> notes, great. it's going to be amazing and creative all of a sudden and, you know, people are sort of half asleep with uh, the, the real people up the back with the arms crossed or something. You got paid by how many of these you put up on yeah. the wall. <laughs> that's right. Um, but, you know, you're right and... and uh, you know, so, you know, that's where this incubation that we talked about before is so important that, to, to cut over these things. Um, poor implementation. I've seen mm -hmm. people that do a great planning day and then you ask six months later, how'd you go? And they go, oh, man, we really haven't done anything. And you go, well, that's, you know, I, I take that personally because you think as a facilitator you fail because yep. what's caused that to happen? Um, low capability of the team. So that's why I think education is so important. Mm -hmm. You can have the best strategy tools but if the team's not you know picking up these things they're not learning what's going on outside their business uh you know garbage in garbage out and i think the last one is perfection's the enemy of good and i've seen some really clever people produce you know 100 page papers on strategy and direction um whereas you know it could have been done on a page and and just get going with it so they've overdone yeah, yeah. it no very good no, again some uh, really um, good points there. So just to finish off with, I've just got a couple of rapid fire uh, questions to throw at you just for a, a quick perspective on a, a few things around the broader advisory industry. And, and the first one was just, what do you feel is the most overhyped strategic planning trend, if you like, at the moment? Yeah, I'll, I'll go back uh, to what I said right at the start. I think I see this, you know, a lot of um, people are putting out their 10-step strategy process or, you know, cookie-cutter approach and, and consultants and advisors focusing on themselves and their process and not the business they're advising. 
Yeah. Uh, I think you've, you've got to be really fluid and, and be clever at all these tools and know these tools and be able to just go, you know what, I think this is what we need to do based on what I'm, what I'm hearing from you. Much more the facilitator rather than the consultant. Yeah, you know, because, you know, I always have a saying, you know, people say all business is the same and I go, you know what, they're not. Hmm. Every business is different. I think every industry is different and every business in every di- industry is different. I could show you um, a, a volume build, home builder, um, yeah, they all build houses, but you know they'll have different board dynamics. They'll have different cultures. They'll have all these different things that you've got to be aware of, and the politics and all the things you talked about earlier on. What's worked for them in the past, all those sorts of things. Okay, and on the journey you've uh, been on through uh, your independent advisor space, what's the most important lesson if you had to pick one that you've you've learnt? Oh, you, I think the biggest lesson, I mean, God, there's so many, James, that you'd love to share, but if I'm forced to do one, I'd say uh, keep ahead of the pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to keep ahead of the pack. And, you know, why is that so important? Well, the fact is I think if you do, you win more You win more work easily if you do keep ahead of the pack and you're guaranteed to lose clients if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> because I think they soon pick up if you're doing the same thing every year. Yeah, and you see those people with the, the the 30-year-old war stories and still back to when I was working in here, this is what we did, and people go, well, hang on, I've heard that for 30 years. Yeah, that's right. Or, you know, and I think methodologies can be great and tools and processes, but if you're just using the same one all the time, I think people just get a little bit, mm, you know, I've seen that before and you showed that video last year and all that sort of stuff. You've just got to be really fresh and challenged, read a lot, do courses like Berkeley or wherever you want to go, just Imagine if you're the best in your field, whether it's marketing, sales, finance, whatever it is, how can you be, you know, in your top 10% or something like that? Aim for that and you'll be ahead of the pack pretty quickly, I reckon. Okay. And last one is what's the one capability you feel people should work on to improve their uh, delivery capability around strategic planning at the moment if you need to pick one? Uh, well, I'm going to ignore you, James. I've got to pick two. Sorry. That's right. so. it's, it's, you're you're the, the, the talent of this podcast. So. It is the contrarian thinking coming through. So I, I think, um, you know, just have two or three tools that you know so well um, and you don't have to think about them so that you can just, you know, like for me, it's the SWOT analysis. I, I It's a great, the strategic SWOT, not SWOT, but strategic SWOT. It's a great tool to drive strategic thinking I use it all the time. I don't have to think about it when I present it. I don't have to think about the, the strategic questions in the middle. Um, I just, you, you don't have to think about them. Um, as things like that, the one-page strategy maps, competitive advantage, just know them so well in your, whatever they are in your field. There's people listening to this that might be finance or whatever. Um, just know the top two or three in, in your field and do them really well. But I think the other sort of capability is just be a really good challenger. You know, be and not a not a, a smart arsy challenger or a negative challenger, but a real uh, value to others type challenger that really says, uh, you know, as if you're having a dinner party. Um, you know, do you really think that strategy is going to work? You know, have you thought that through? You know, what about this or something like that? I call it the polite contrarian. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the. It's a new phrase. Right, to there you go. There's a there's a good term for it. And uh, paper on that one. <laughs> well, uh, whilst we're being polite, I'll, uh, I'll I'll wrap it up there. Um, uh, but some great uh, great insights there, Mike, and appreciate your time to share them around strategic planning. And I'm sure there's been some real valuable takeouts for people. So thanks again for your time. Uh, pleasure, James, and thanks for uh, having a chat. And uh, you know, hope everyone listening gets some value out of it. Great. Thanks, Mike. 